Welcome to the Produce Industry Podcast, your weekly download on current events, trends, market reports, and community discussions. Join us each week from Tampa, Florida, as we cover all aspects of the produce supply chain industry. Ladies and gentlemen, here's your host, Patrick Kelly. Hey, produce people. Welcome back to the Produce Industry Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Kelly. As always, I am honored to be here coming to you live from Tampa, Florida. Today is January 8th, 2024, and that's right. It is the second Monday in January, everyone. If you didn't realize, there's five Mondays, so that's right, five Monday episodes with your man PK. Now a couple announcements before we get started. January is a busy month, everyone. We've got PodFest Global January 25th through the 28th. I'll be heading to Birmingham, Alabama to go to a vendor showcase for the pig. And then also at the end of the month, or actually 1st of February, uh, we got some Fruit Logistica stuff going on as well. So a very jam-packed month, a virtual networking hour. I will tell you, I'm telling you now, it's probably going to be rescheduled uh, because I am traveling on the 31st. So we'll figure that out as well. But please stay tuned as we have so much here for you this year. Let's also get prepared for March 7th of this year, everyone. That's right, right before SEPC here in Tampa, Florida. We're having our first in-person virtual networking hour coming to life. That's right. We're going to do a fun yacht tour, everyone. We're going to celebrate my daughter's birthday. We're going to celebrate the 1.5 million downloads of the Produce Industry Podcast. And we are getting together to have an all-around great time. Now, we've got a couple sponsors for this event that include Arctic Apples, Sevrend, Noble Citrus, Continental Fresh, and Bell Harvest. Now today, our special guest is someone that I went ahead and visited in Los Angeles before I even got him on the podcast. He's got a crazy backyard with over 70 different varieties of fresh produce items that we got to try. So we have Jordan Greek of Ambrosio Bags that's going to talk about his company and how his mother traveled Europe to find the best sustainable bags for not just your produce department, but for inside of your fridge when you bring your produce home. So everyone, let's go ahead and get this episode started. Hey, Jordan, welcome to the show, my man. Thanks for having me, Patrick. Of course. I mean, listen, it's been, what, two months since I was just sitting in your backyard, enjoying the Los Angeles weather, eating some home-cooked food. I mean, that was just a couple months ago, man. Yeah, wow. I think that flew by pretty quick, right? Oh, dude, it did. The food was amazing. You, the backyard, the garden, you know, really got me, man. And, you know, I was with John Papp and uh, Jihoon Kim. And again, going through and seeing all the different uh, items you had. How many items do you have in the backyard? Ooh, that's hard to guesstimate. I stopped counting years ago. But uh, hey. again, I mean, running through it, I think we probably had 10 to 12 different pepper cultivars. I think we had eight different tomato cultivars onions and eggplants and you name it if if you can grow it in 9a we had it in the backyard you did you did and i saw a lot i saw the eggplant remember that you also had i believe it was the melons that were hanging from the the vines over the archway as well uh that was amazing you had a couple of cool plants that I also enjoyed, as you know, right? We enjoyed together. Uh, we won't say it out loud, but listen, if you're from California, you already know, okay? Um, and then what? What was the meal that we that we had? I mean, that was 
Oh my God. It was spicy. It was mushrooms. I remember taking a bite of the mushrooms and I was like, whoa, here we go. Here we go. You know, if I, if I remember correct, Patrick, I think we did a uh, braised pork belly over yep. black rice with a, uh, Ooh, I think those were blue oyster mushrooms that I poached in a chili sauce. That was amazing. You saw the color come out on my face, everyone. I mean, literally, uh, I, I remember John Papp was like, PK, you uh, you okay over there? And I was like, mm-mm-mm. I was like, I need some water. But it was amazing food, amazing time, man. And you know, what's crazy is I, I never thought that that would be in L.A., right? You know, when you think of L.A., you just think of, you know, big lights, big city, you know, and, and that's what you think about. I mean, yes, a lot of people talk about hydroponic gardens on the rooftops, right? But even then, you really don't see it as much as people say they have it, right, Jordan? That's what's crazy. You know, we at the we call it the Little Dawson Ranchito. We're in historic Filipino town here in Los Angeles. We're less than a mile away from downtown LA. And when we moved here, we actually took a pretty hard hit on the interior space, maybe 250 square feet. But what we gained was a lot of soil, a lot of arable land that we could plant whatever we wanted, carte blanche. And it's been a lot of fun. All right. Listen, I know you have fun, man. I can tell when I, right when I showed up, I could tell you have a great time day in and day out. And again, I always say it's, it is not about how big your house is, not about how big your garden is. It's about how you react to the situations that you're in, right? I try to teach my kids that all the time. My son, we moved from California to Florida uh, a few years ago, and we downsized. We went from a 2,000 square foot house uh, to a 1,000 square foot house. And I remember my son asking me, he was like, why, why can't I have a bigger room? And I actually took the, like the notion to stop and say, listen, when you get older, you don't get the whole office building. You get an office. I said, if you work in a grocery store, you're a clerk in a small spot. Uh, when you're, when you're in a car, you only get to sit in one seat. And when I explained this to him, he kind of was like, I get it. I said, so do what you can do with the space that you are given. Right. I really like that, Patrick. I think that's valuable insight. I'm just trying to give something to my son before he starts hating me before he becomes a teenager, right? Like, you know, because everybody wants to go big, right? Everybody says bigger is better. And it's not always, right? It's not always bigger is better. It's what you do with the space. So, all right, listen, everyone. I know Jordan and I are reminiscing. You got to, you got to hear, uh, you know, from, from that, you know, of my experience with Jordan, but we're here to talk about ambrosia bags today, if you didn't know, okay, everyone, and and that's what we're going to talk about. So, uh, Jordan, you know, ambrosia bags, I, you know, Juanita went to the seed convention uh, just, what, uh, you know, almost six, six months ago. She ran into you guys, and she was like, Patrick, we got to hook up with Jordan, learn more about these bags. So I'd love for you to give that 30,000 foot overview to our listeners who do not, do not know what ambrosia bags is or what they are, what they come from. Please, man. Yeah, I appreciate that, Patrick. Um, so Americans discard more food than any other country. Uh, I think last year, almost 80 billion pounds of food went into the trash. Wow. And how that amounts to in dollars and cents is on average around $1,500 per year for a family of four. In addition to that, inflation is rising and 
I think people are starting to think about food waste in a different way. So Ambrosia is a flax linen produce bag, a storage system, if you will, to extend the shelf life of mushrooms, berries, veggies, and leafy greens at home, super simply. And it really genuinely works. My mom created the bag in 2016. She spent a couple months traveling through Europe, Ireland, Belgium, Scotland, and Holland. Finding for her, her having to travel, right? And she she went there loving the idea of using linen to add shelf life to veggies, but she wanted to find the very best sourcing. And she ended up finding it in Belgium. All of this started from really, you know, a, a simple beginning. She had a basil harvest in her backyard. My mom taught me how to love uh, farming, how to love gardening. And she's been doing it for the last 40 years. In her backyard in 2015, 2016, she grew way too much Genovese basil. And my mom loves pesto, but she doesn't love pesto that much. And she remembered her grandmother back from Arkansas using linen tea towels to help preserve some of her greens, collard greens and kale and things of that nature. And she remembered it working. And so she went ahead and tried that. She wrapped her basil in a little linen tea towel and it did, it, it worked. It added a little life and she felt like she was, she was onto something. And so next step is she went ahead and she sewed that linen tea towel into a little bag. And because of added uh, contact with that bag, the basil leaves actually lasted that much longer. Fast forward uh, about a year and she went on this big trip to Europe and she worked with several different mills to find the very best warp and weft. And from that, Ambrosia was born. And since 2016, we've sold over 25,000 bags now. We estimate that we've saved over a million pounds of fresh produce from ending up in the trash. And it's been a heck of a lot of fun. That's cool, man. I mean, so you got to, I always think when you talk bags, because if you think like B2B, right? And you talk about consumer waste, people are thinking, oh, are these the bags that, you know, your oranges come in? No, no, they're not. Are these the bags that you see on the shelf in the stores? No, they're not. So these bags are meant for the consumer inside the refrigerator. So it's no, there's no shelf life extension as in like you're putting a packet in there. It is legitimately the bag. So instead of you putting all the, you know, think about it right now, I want you to get up while you're listening to this podcast, walk to the fridge. And I guarantee you that in your produce section, you've got bags in there, these little thin plastic bags, or you're just using the mesh, you know, the mesh bags that you get, you know, with the avocados come in and all that. And I remember, you know, Jordan, we were talking, I was like, well, what do you mean? What do you do? And you were like, no, get rid of all that. And then you put your produce inside these bags and then you put it inside your refrigerator. That's what's going to keep them lasting longer. Like you said about the basil, right? And that's what I think people don't understand 
is that this is for you. This is for the consumer to help you with your food waste. And if you look at $1,500, right? $1,500 a family that accumulates to, and how much people are you know, in, in America over a billion? Think about the cost of food waste. Now, and I always tell everybody, Jordan, and tell me if I'm right or wrong. You're a lot, tell me. Either way, I'm totally okay with what you tell, what you're going to say next. Uh, but a lot of times, I don't want something to last longer from the manufacturer. I want it to last longer when it gets to my house, right? That's what I really want. I mean, Patrick, we don't really know how old a lot of this produce is by the time we buy it. All we know is when we brought that home and, you know, more times than not, what we buy doesn't get used in dinner or lunch. It ends up in the trash and it's a big shame. I know. I know. It's so true. I just told my wife this. I'm on this clean eating challenge that we're doing runs all the way through April of 2024. My wife's like, you're doing a great job. And I said, yeah, I go. I had to throw some bananas away the other day. And it just for the fact when we're traveling uh, when things happen, right, you forget about it. It has nothing to do with you're like, ah, throw it away, right? But there's sometimes, you know, the onions get in that back corner, right? Or you don't use enough and you put it in a bag, right? And then in your head, you go and you cut the new onion open, right? Or you don't think about that. So a lot of times there's food waste, you know, and the bananas. I I, I had I bought a five pack of bananas. I'm, I'm sorry to my banana people out there. You're going to kill me. But like, why didn't you make banana bread or into a smoothie? But I came home, right, from that weekend and they were like black, right? And there was only two of them. And at that point, like my wife was like, there's ants now. Get rid of these things, right? Because you keep them on the countertop. Um, but it's like, you don't think about that. You, you almost just toss it, right? You do. There's no, oh, wait, this is food waste. What can I do to preserve it? When someone sees something bad, sometimes they just trash it. And that and that's big, man. I mean, there's a there's so much today going on about food waste and there's so much food waste companies. But again, if you forget the onion in the back and it's starting to grow sprouts on you, if you forget the potatoes in the cupboard because it's dark and you got more potatoes growing, these are just things that happen in the everyday lives of being consumers. Am I right? It's certainly true, Patrick. So ambrosia bags. What what can we say to a consumer that's thinking about this? Like seriously, like I remember when we met and you talked about, I remember seeing the carrots in the bags when you showed me and I was sitting there like, wait a minute, this is, this is something new, but it's obviously going to be a change to consumers because I don't, they're not going to be used to it. So what would you say to a consumer if they were like, Jordan, why am I going to use this bag right away? Like, I mean, what? so I got to take my bag out of a bag and then repack it? Because sometimes consumers can, I'm just saying, me included, we can be a little bit lazy. I'm just saying, Jordan, I'm just saying, right? What I would say is, Patrick, if you could add one to two weeks of shelf life to that fresh produce that you're bringing home, especially if you're buying organic or from the farmer's market, I think it's worth taking that extra step. So, so it's just, it's a conscious decision to take the extra step and think about how to think about things differently. Would you say that's right? I think so. I think it's just about changing behavior and thinking about maybe living a little bit more sustainably. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Same thing with this clean eating challenge that I'm in. My wife said, you're doing such a good job because the other day uh, she brought home pizza. You know, we had, geez, we had the whole family over and all of a sudden I heard a knock at the door. I'm like, who's here? 
And my wife's like, oh, you know, dad ordered, uh, my father-in-law was there. He's like, dad ordered pizza. And I'm like, from where? And she's like, Domino's. I'm like, I can't eat that. I'm like, I can't eat that crap. And uh, luckily, Renee's grandmother, our kid's great-grandmother, uh, she will not eat pizza either unless it's all veggies, right? Light sauce, all that. So thank God for Gigi. Um, I was able to eat, you know, pizza, but it was the veggie pizza. It was white sauce was on it. It was completely right different um, than the normal. But yeah, in my head, I was just like, I can't do that. So, and I say that because what we just said, it's a conscious decision, uh, you know, to make a change and and to think about how to think about things differently. So if you go for instead of going for the bag of chips, right? Instead of going for the bag of chips you know, go for the banana, right? And the same thing. So if you look at the conscious decision of the bags, you know, take these bags and take the extra step and the time to know you're going to preserve your fresh fruits and vegetables, not just say, oh, for shelf life extension, but for sustainability. Jordan, it's perfect time. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to be uh, right back. Discover orchard freshness on Amazon Fresh with Arctic Apple Slices. Arctic Apple stays orchard fresh longer than other prepackaged, pre-sliced apples. This means less waste and no more half-eaten apples. Plus, you'll love the undeniable freshly picked flavor. Arctic Apple Slices are available in convenient grab-and-go bags in both Arctic Golden or Arctic Granny varieties in select markets on Amazon Fresh. Packable, snackable, 100% irresistible. JGLC, the place to be, a third-generation, family-owned and operated asset-based company. Throughout their 60 years in business, integrity, reliability, and loyalty to their customers has remained their top priority. JGLC guarantees 24-7 communication with your personal logistics coordinator. They offer competitive pricing without sacrificing services. They operate throughout the United States and Canada. JGLC's customers count on them for dependability and dedication carried out on every order, every time. 60 years of service for all your trucking needs. Visit them at JGLC.com for your custom quote. Welcome back to the Produce Industry Podcast, everyone. It's always great to hear from Dynamite sponsors creating Dynamite content for the produce and supply chain industry. Today, we have Jordan Grieg on the line today from Ambrosia Bags, and we're learning all things about sustainability. It's not just about the bags. It's about sustainability and thinking how to think about things differently. So, Jordan, welcome back, man. Thank you, Patrick. I appreciate having me here. Of course, of course. And, you know, so as, as I was listening to our, our sponsors through the break, and I was thinking about what you said in, in the, the first half of the show um, about these bags and how your mom traveled, you know, throughout Europe and and really found, you know, which bags or which material uh, she wanted to use. And then she stitched it together. Like, what a true entrepreneur right there. But in my head, I was thinking, what are the bags made out of? Like, yeah. what what can we tell our listeners if they're wondering? Because again, when people think of bags, right? In, and I know the United States, we always think about what we see at the grocery store. So can you talk a little bit about what these bags are made out of and maybe what they, you know, where the linen came from, what they were used for and how, you know, obviously the evolution to today. Yeah, sure. Happy to do so, Patrick. So we use some of the very best flax linen in the whole wide world. 
we source from Belgium and it's custom woven just for this purpose. The use of linen goes back to 30,000 years ago. They actually have records that show that linen has been used effectively all the way back to when humans started wearing clothes, which is incredible to me. Linen actually goes back to southeastern uh, Europe, specifically like the Republic of Georgia today. And we have seen evidence in archaeological sites of linen bandages actually being used all the way back to the Carthaginians uh, 3,000 years ago. And they did that all the way up into the 19th century. And that's because of some incredible inherent properties of linen that most people don't really know about. Linen is antimicrobial, it's antifungal, and it's hygroscopic. Really fancy word for it absorbing moisture, a lot more moisture than the, the weight of the linen itself. And because of that, our linen bags are able to absorb water and hold water while also remaining air permeable, creating this like ecosystem, if you will this biosphere in your refrigerator, in your crisper drawer, to keep those greens crisper, to keep your veggies fresher, and to just add that much more life to uh, these raw ingredients that otherwise could just end up in the trash. That's crazy, man. So you're talking, I mean, you're going back, could be hundreds of years, if you think about it, you know, that these bags, you know, not the bags, but, you know, the linen was used for medical purposes. And that's that's even important, right? If you look at it, I mean, if it could help a lot, save a life, I mean, it could help save some produce, right? The new tagline of Ambrosia bags: to save a life, save your produce, right? Like, like think about that, man. It's just, it, it's amazing to see. And you know what I like the most about it? I get excited when we're on calls like this because I, I get to learn something, right? I always say, you know, my my co-author, you know, Hans Fenzel, you know, I co-authored a book in 2018. And, you know, we always talked about learning and he would say, I'm not old. And I would say, well, you, you know, you are old. And he was like, no, he was, he would say to my, he would say to me all the time, he would go, the day I stop learning is the day I grow old. And that to me was amazing, right? Because I think that's so true because if you stop learning, that's when you get complacent. That's when you get set in your ways. And that's when someone comes up to you and says, Hey, check out this new bag. And you're like, ah, I don't need that. That's not what we used to do where you're like, well, it's also not, you know, 1864 either. Right. So, you know, Hans would always tell me, he's like, you know, learn something new, not even if it's not every day, but learn something new. So you're not complacent and you're not saying like what, unfortunately, older generations before us have said, well, that wasn't that how we did it back in our days. No. Well, no, of course it's not. We're inventing right? We're bringing new things to the community, to the table, and bringing out something that was never here before. And that's why I think it's so cool about it, man. I get excited. I'm, I'm learning something new every day, right, Jordan? Thank you, Patrick. Yeah, it really is exciting. And it's, it's a product that everyone could have use for. Everyone knows that they need to eat more, more vegetables. They need, need to eat a little healthier. But oftentimes, when we reach for that healthy item in the fridge, it's already looking pretty sad, pretty tired, and it ends up in the trash. And what better way to eat healthier than to have fresh veggies in the fridge? 
Yeah, it's so true. I mean, and you know, you said it in the first half is like, we don't know how old some of the produce is. So I want to you know, just take you on a little, little journey real quick on imports. So if you look at like imported lemons or, you know, imported, you know, oranges, this is something that people, I think, you know, they get, but they don't, but I'm not saying anything that nobody already doesn't know. So I, I always say like, don't shoot the messenger here. Okay, everyone. But think about it. So let's take lemons from Chile. They, they pick, they pick the fruit, right? That, that's a day, you know, they pack the fruit, which technically if they need the, you know, if the lemons need to be gassed, uh, that's 48 hours, right? So now you're on three days. Well, then they got to pack the fruit. There's a day, right? And traditionally, you don't pick, pack and ship all in the same day. So now you're at five days. And now the container comes to be loaded because it's going to be exported. There's six days. And now the container is loaded. We then tell the shipping company it's ready. Well, they might not come pick it up the same day as well. That's seven days. Then it gets to the port. It gets loaded onto a boat, okay, within probably 24 hours once they have the, you know, the number, the, the uh, container numbers. And then it is almost 28 days, depending on which coast you go to. So seven days for picking, packing, quality, and getting it to the port. Another four weeks, so that's 28 days if you're traveling to the Northeast or into the West Coast. Florida, it's a little bit different. Down in Miami, you'll get there a little bit quicker coming through the Panama Canal. We're on five weeks right now. Then we then hit the storage unit. It goes to storage. Nine times out of 10, well, let's be real, 10 times out of 10, it does not go directly to the retailer because it needs to be inspected, right? So you figure that's gonna add a couple more days. We're on week six already now, without any of us touching this product, without a consumer even looking at this product. Six weeks. Now, that doesn't count for the other fruit. Maybe a retailer ordered, you know, a size 95, but food service ordered 200s, right? So at the end of the day, you still might have a piece of this container still at the warehouse seven to eight weeks after the fact. So now you're looking at two months that imported fruit or imported veggies, right? And I know every one of them is different, right? Berries are different than citrus, tree fruit versus obviously uh, root fruit, uh, root vegetables. And that's the journey I wanted to take you on because you said that in the beginning, which was like, sometimes we don't know. Well, you're right. Sometimes the fruit over the summer, if it comes from South Africa, it's got to take that journey, right? And so when you do eat a piece of fruit in there in the summertime, right? Uh, from, and it says product from Chile or product from Peru, you got to understand that, yeah, it, it took a lot to get into that. And it's seven, eight weeks away from hitting your taste buds. Is that crazy or what? I mean, it's crazy to me. Beyond the, the time of transit, there's also so much effort and energy and inputs put into that produce way before you ever get a chance to put it on your table. And so I think it's important to pay homage to those farmers, to those ranchers, and to really utilize everything we have. It's so true. I mean, and then think about it like this. We didn't even talk about the fact that you just said, we're going to put it in our fridge next. And then guess what? I mean, because I brought, I bought, I bought, I buy oranges every week because we put uh, oranges and, and mandarins in our daughter's lunches every week. 
So we go through them pretty fast, but still, um, you see product from Chile still, and it's December. You you start to wonder for yourself, like, man, there's still imports out there. There's still inventories out there, and like I said, that that plays a, a big a big factor. So you know, before we close this down, you know, we got to know what's the future though for the bags for major retailers, small retailers. Is this something that they should be promoting to their consumers to? help with sustainability? I think so. I, th I think for the retailers, I think they need to get creative and they need to help the consumer find solutions to make that produce last that much longer. And I think that's where Ambrosia really fits in. I think if the consumer can rely on their produce lasting a little longer, keeps them coming back for more. And so the future of Ambrosia is real simple. Right now we are very much an e-com company with 50, 60 retailers, but we are rapidly growing. We recently signed with Farm Fresh to You, which is one of the largest CSA companies in on the West Coast. And they're proudly now uh, offering the Ambrosia bags to help with the with the farm to porch kind of delivery service. And I think that it's just a matter of time and getting the word out for other retailers to follow suit. That's amazing, man. I love that you started with the the e-com because sometimes it's sometimes it's the opposite, right? Like sometimes a lot of people go major retailers and they pitch those uh that industry or that vertical first. Sure. And then they'll move into e-commerce because they know that they're doing well in that space. I think sometimes it all has a purpose, right? And if you can get on the e-commerce site and it's working, that'll then not force the retailers, but what it does is it shows a proven case study that people are actually purchasing it and then they could put it in their strategy because the biggest thing with retailers is shelf space. Everybody wants part of that shelf space. Everybody wants it. And especially in the fruit world, right? That's why oh, there's 40 different apples, right? You know, uh, a, a 20 different varieties of oranges, right? Because um, the shelf space is what we're trying to accomplish. And then you got to think about it. Like, as funny as this sounds, like I always say, like the retailer is charging us all rent to be on those shelf spaces, right? So to have a proven track record, um, that's amazing. And a lot of times, you know, what retailers do, and I know this because I've, I've been in retailers, right? is they take your product in and they're going to say, hey, we're going to see how it does over 90 days. We're going to then come back to you and tell you what the trends are of buying. But what's funny is, are they advertising it the right way? Are they giving the description? And what I've learned about being an online purchaser, I'm a huge online purchaser, is that I will go in the description, Jordan, and start reading. Every, when, I, when I buy something off Amazon, I'm looking at specs, I'm looking about what it can use. I mean, geez, from a from a microphone all the way down to even buying, you know, like Arctic apples on on there, right? It's like I'm reading all the specs on what it is. Do you think I do that when I go to the grocery store? No, because it's convenience, right? That's why they call it a convenience store sometimes, right? And not big retailers, but the big box stores. But you think about it when you're ordering online, you're actually taking the time to look and review the product. If the cashier checked you out and said, 
hey, here's a receipt. Please fill out the review on the bottom, which they do all the time. Yeah, nine times out of 10, you're not doing it. But if I give you a book for Christmas that I ordered off Amazon, and then I told you, hey, can you go ahead and give a review once you're done? There's probably a really good chance that you're going to jump on. You're now going to research the author. You're going to research the book. And then you're going to leave a review. You're going to do more than your purchase in in-store for online and e-commerce, right? I think so. And uh, for that reason, you know, we, our e-commerce business has skyrocketed, especially in Q3 and Q4. And it's incredibly invigorating. And next step is big retail. I love it. I love it. So Jordan, if our listeners want to find your bags online, let's let them know. We're also going to put this in the description uh, of the podcast as well. So you'll, you'll have an easy clickable link to go right to the bags, but tell our listeners, you know, what online platforms can they find your bags at? So you can visit us at www.ambrosiaproducebag.com. And it's a very thorough website with lots of information to digest. And we're always here to help. I love it. I love it. And if anybody wants to get a hold of you in the company, we, we want to point them to the website as well, correct? Or you can reach out to me directly at jordan at ambrosiabag.com. I love it, man. Well, like I said, I'm not growing old today because I'm learning something new. Jordan, it's been great to have you on the show. And as I tell everybody, we'll see you in the fields and on the horizon. You've been listening to the Produce Industry Podcast with Patrick Kelly. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Anchor to get new, fresh weekly episodes. For more, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the Produce Industry Podcast. Until next time, see you in the fields or on the horizon.